Well, g'day guys and welcome to another episode of Straight to the Source, uh, featuring me, your host, obviously Source Wagner. Uh, firstly, just want to thank you all for your support in 2023. Um, I thank you all for the messages on the socials, especially to those who have opened up to me about their struggles. I, I really appreciate all of you so much and thank you to all who have tuned in and listened to the podcast so far and thank you so much, especially to the crew that have supported the little run club we've tried to do. Um, all of that's extremely appreciated and I'm really loving the little community that's sort of being built at the moment. Hopefully we'll expand on that in 2024. Um, but yeah, like I said, this is the final episode of 2023. This is the very last one that we'll get to for the year, so really exciting stuff. It's guest episode number 14. So that's 14 people that I've been lucky to sit down and chat with and share their story to all of you who are listening. And I'm really excited for this guest today for a couple of reasons. A couple of reasons, sorry. Firstly, because this is the first guest I'm interviewing that I don't know all too well. So, so far I've interviewed people that I've like, been really well connected with, so it's been pretty easy to have a conversation. So this will, this will challenge my abilities here, so I'm really excited for that. But secondly, I'm excited because this person is a fantastic human who does some amazing work in the mental health space in regional Victoria, where he's a program facilitator for Mindful Oz. It's an organisation here in Druin, Victoria, uh, but also... Last time I caught up with him, he said he, he he volunteers his time to be a phone operator for Lifeline. So he's helping Aussies at some of their toughest and most challenging moments. So seriously, amazing guest. I'm really pumped to sit down and learn more about this person. So welcome to the podcast, Jack Symes. Irving, thanks for that sauce. And <laughs> yeah, the first time I met you, I was feeling pretty under the weather, I think. It was just <laughs> after the AFL Grand Final. So yep. yeah, we've got a few links through yeah mutual friends, I suppose, yep. and your partner, Chrissy. Um, grew up over this side of the world in, in Warrigal, so uh, thanks for your time. And hey, no, thank you for your time, mate. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Well, mate, firstly, before we get stuck into it, do you keep your sauce in the cupboard or the fridge? Oh, I have listened to a few of your apps and I knew this one was coming. No, I'm a fridge operator. You're a fridge? Yeah, no, are you kidding? Fridge. Really? Yeah. What for? What? I don't know. I think it's just, we'll probably get into it a bit today, but it's just where it's always been. Yep. Like, I think it's, you just stick to what you know. Fair enough, mate. I don't mind that. I'm actually, well, I'm staying with Chrissy's parents at the moment. And they, they keep it in the fridge. I was looking in the cupboard for them. Like, Where, where's your sauce? And they were like, it's not in there, mate. You're looking in the wrong spot. So buried deep in the fridge. No, fair enough, mate. Don't mind that. Um, how was Christmas, mate? Obviously, it's, well, it's a Wednesday now. We just had Boxing Day. But yeah, how was your Christmas period, mate? Yeah, Christmas Christmas has been good. Yep. I was saying to you before, just off the mics, a few, few of the boys came down um, living up in the sunny coast now. So... Blew the wheels off it a little bit. Now, it's good to be back in the land of the living now, that's for sure. Yeah, back to work. Straight back on the tools, mate. Straight back into it, but yeah, that's how we love it. Beautiful, mate. Well, like you said, you've listened to a couple of podcasts. You understand sort of the structure of it. You've already touched on how we sort of cross paths because that's the first thing I like to sort of, I don't know, set the podcast up is how, we, how we've met. So, yeah, lucky enough to, yeah, I wouldn't say by chance, obviously connected through mutual friends like my partner. But, yeah, Adelaide... Grand final weekend, we went out for breakfast, and yeah, you were a little bit dusty, had a big one, nothing wrong with that, mate, but um, no, we just started chatting at that breakfast, um, and you spoke a little bit about uh, your work at Mindful Oz, which is where we are now, recording this episode, so thanks for allowing me to come into your workspace, um, but yeah, you, you just struck me as a really uh, thoughtful, kind, and um, I don't know, just a genuine human being, I was like, fuck, this guy's good, and I left that. I'm not, I didn't tell you this, but I left that uh, breakfast and I was like, Chrissy, I've got to get you mate on the podcast. So I reckon I followed you straight away. I was like a, like a stalker at the pub when you meet someone at the pub and you just quickly follow them on Instagram. So sorry if I freaked you out there, mate. Nah, that's all good. And <laughs> I think I was the same. I think I, 
I can't remember who slid into whose DMs, but I was like, <laughs> sorry, mate, didn't get too much of a chance to talk to you then. But, yeah, love what you're doing. And, yeah, listening to a few of the pods so far, it's, yeah, it's amazing to see, like, that journey that you've been on mm-hmm. and now allowing others to speak about their journey themselves as yep. well because, yeah, it's been mentioned a number of times throughout the episode so far is everybody does have a story and if we can hold the space and we can engage in that conversation, it goes long way into allowing someone else the space to talk as well and you touched on it at the start like um working with lifeline it's yeah it's all about listening and i feel a bit strange sometimes being in the position i am now because what got me here was the ability to listen yeah so now being on the other end of the mic or sharing experiences yeah, it's a little bit different for me but it's one that i'm yeah i love being able to do because engaging in my story or engaging in some of the challenges i've faced allow someone else to speak about what they've experienced as well. So that's what it's all about. Creating and that's, that space. that's beautiful, mate. Because, yeah, I, I, we mentioned all just off air, like I ask all of my guests before we do sit down and chat, like is there anything you don't want to talk about? Because um, I understand not everyone wants to open up and share, but you said, no, nah, look, happy to speak about whatever comes up in conversation. So um, you really are just leading by example there where you're, you know, you're in that space of helping others to speak up. But if you're someone that didn't want to do that yourself, then you kind of, I know, a bit of a hypocrite, but, mate, I love that, that you're just like, no, nah, let's talk about whatever, open book, you said. Um, so that's awesome, mate. You should be really proud of it. You're just living your living the values that you uphold. So, well done, mate. Well, we will get into your story. Um, I'd like to find out about growing up, and this will be interesting because I don't know anything about you <laughs> growing up at all, mate. Like, I've only just met you a couple of months ago. So talk to me, mate. Where did you grow up? So I grew up I grew up here in Warrigal. It's the main town, but, like, about five, ten minutes out of Warrigal is a small town called Bullen Bullen. Right. Where I went to primary school, played all my footy there, still play footy there now. I've gone a little bit of a roundabout way to being back here in Warrigal now. But yep. Yeah, grew up playing footy. I'm very, very fortunate kid. I was like had the best of everything really. Like mm-hmm. I've got um, three immediate siblings, I guess you could say, and then two half brothers who one lives in Bendigo, the other lives in Japan. And yeah, I just had the best of both worlds and a really great upbringing. I suppose you could say, and yeah, I've always played footy. Um, yep. I suppose that's why we connect on a great level as well, like yep. just that love of sport, love of, yeah, just being around your mates. So I was very, very fortunate growing up. Mate, that's awesome. That's fantastic. When a lot of kids that can have that sort of fortune upbringing can turn out a different way as an adult, but you clearly mm. have just been just extremely humble and you're kind and want to help other people. So you've obviously been raised very well, mate. Um you mentioned footy a lot. I did want to ask this question because obviously being here in Victoria, it's a footy mad state. Mm. I hate to say it, it's probably more footy mad than South Australia, <laughs> which kills me to say that. But um, who's your team in the AFL, mate? I'm a Hawks man. You're Hawks? Yeah. Ooh. So we're going to get around the Ginevan and Tonic this year. Yeah. yeah <laughs> mate, go, that's nice. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Claim that one off the Carlton draft. It's on a T-shirt already. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, right. So you've enjoyed the success in the past decade, but you're just building now. Yeah, we'll go again. Yeah, mate. Yeah. No, I love that. Uh about Sam Mitchell at the moment, just tucked yeah, away in hospital in America. He'll be right. He's, he's a tough He's bloke. a tough bloke. He is tough. So, obviously, you mentioned siblings. So, you've got so was it three immediate and two half siblings. Yeah, so. um, what are their names, mate? Uh, so, we've got Matt. He's the eldest. Lives in Japan. We've got Andrew in Bendigo. Tess, older sister. Uh, she's 30. And younger sister, Kate. She'd be a year younger than me. About 18 months younger than me. Yep. 
And then youngest brother, Sean, right, um, whose nickname also was Sauce and Ruffy for a bit there. So, oh, no. Has yeah. he, he graced with the red hair and good looks of, yeah. of J- Jared Ruffett? Yeah, that's him. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, what a legend. He's obviously a good bloke then, clearly. Yeah, he's a good knacker. <laughs> um, you mentioned, so like, mum, dad. Um, yep, mum, dad. Yep. yep. Still together. Yep. Beautiful. And what were their names, mate? Uh, so we got Fiona and Steve. Ah, Fiona and Steve, don't mind that. That's good. Well, shout out to Fiona and Steve. You obviously raised a good young man, um, so you should be really proud of that. Um, what was it like growing up, mate? So you said it was fantastic. You said it was great. What are some of like the fondest memories growing up? I think it's just being back in the, I suppose I'd say the glory days out at Bull and Bull and running a mark. <laughs> like just, yeah, really was blessed. So probably got into, uh, I don't know the right way to say it, but yeah, got into probably started drinking at a young age. Yep. And yep. that is a trait that still sticks with me now because I can remember um, <laughs> if you jizzy Jared Hosking, he would I can remember him so clearly saying he's like, oh, we don't drink to have fun, we drink to get pissed, and it's just something <laughs> that sort of stuck with me now. So when I do have a, a couple, I've got to be careful because yeah, a couple quite quite easily becomes a few more than that. I know, oh, yeah, I know the feeling, mate. I know the feeling. It's just the way that you raced. Like, well, mate, yeah, just being in the country around that sort of environment, footy clubs and such. Mm. I know you just yeah, it's just the way it is, I guess. Um, yeah, I've slowly moved away from it now that I'm in in the city, but um, I certainly enjoyed a couple of holiday beers whilst I've been away. Yeah, been going for a few runs as well though, keeping fit. So. That's it. It's all about balance, yeah. and that's a big <laughs> one. That is a big one. That's exactly right. Um, what about school, mate? Where did you do all your schooling in the area? Yeah, in the area, Warrigal Regional. So I'm a yeah public school kid. Yep. Um, very similar friendship group that grew up like playing footy and everything with. We yep. all played at the same club. Um, yeah, good age group. Mm-hmm. Uh, good bracket between a few blokes who are a few years older and people in younger year levels too. We've always had this really tight-knit group. so yep. And that ties into yeah playing footy and mm. being in those split age groups. So it's always had that yeah, camaraderie there. Yeah, nice, mate. Did you love your school or did you hate school? I was sort of one of those kids that, like, I was just pretty good at it. Yeah, rightio. Yep. ATAR at the end wasn't very good. Sort of started to feel off the uh, fall off the bandwagon towards the end. That's but all right. That's fine. It was always sort of, yeah... Fairly handy at most things and yeah. sort of got my way through. But, yeah, if I applied a bit better, who knows? But oh, mate. I think that's a story of most uh, young lads in, in or in the world, really. Like, I was the same. I just I was, I was good at school as a young fella. Then as you get into the high school years, you're like, nah, this is a bit of fun. I can just mess around with my mates, hang out. And then I got the ATAR at the end. I'm like, oh, that's, yeah. that's, a, that's a pretty accurate reflection. I want a bit of a wraparound <laughs> way. I went VCAL at, like, age 16, year 10, when we've got VCAL over here. Right. Went to be a chippy, then I'm like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Went back into mainstream, so yeah, it worked out well in the end. Ah, mate, well, you've done well, and yeah, it's all your kids out there listening, aren't they? You know, school's not everything. You can have a bit of fun, and you still get where you want to go in life. Um, well, I've, lived a, I've lived a few lives up until now, too, yeah. so we'll get into that. We'll get into uh, that. Yeah. Beautiful, mate. Any challenges throughout your school life, mate, or did you sort of breeze um, through that? Or Challenges that I was thinking about leading into this was one that I haven't really spoke about before, and it's not mm. my story to tell about... Um, when we were 16 years old, like at one of our football coaches that was like a second father figure to a number of us, um, Brick, Trevor Dawson, and one of our best mates, Matt Dawson, who's up in the sunny coast now, he's, his old boy died in a car crash. Oh, wow. And I've never really thought about it too much. And at that age, didn't really know what mental health was or anything mm-hmm. like that. But yeah, the grief that everyone experienced then, like looking back, phenomenal in a way to see how everyone was able to transition through that period. and. Mm. Um, yeah, to Matt Dawson now, like one of my best mates, he's, he's got a um, new missus now, he's got a kid and he's one of the best fathers you'll ever see and it's a testament to him because his old man was the exact same. So yep. 
yeah, that was probably yeah the first time, one of the first times had a little bit of a crucible moment, I guess you could say, and yeah. didn't know where where that would lead for a fair few of us. But and leaning back into, we probably we got through it with our own coping mechanisms. Yeah. But yeah, get to the end of it, and a lot of us still all stuck together through through thick and thin. I guess it's one of those things like you never really understand or think anything's going to happen that might impact you. Um, and we, as kids, we're never taught how to deal with that at mm. all. Like you're not given any mechanisms or coping mechanisms at all. And um, like I said, you kind of just stick together and figure it out together, I yeah, guess. you just find your way through and, yeah. And, um, well, I guess the work you're doing now, which we'll touch on a bit later, is now a great opportunity to teach mm. young kids of, hey, this might happen, this could happen, probably will happen. Um, so here's some strategies because I know you do a bit of stuff of work in schools, is that correct? Yeah. Which we'll touch on a bit later. But yeah, like as a kid, that's real life-changing sort of stuff mm. and that's amazing you just sort of touched on that and thought about that. So thank you for sharing that, mate. And um, yeah, shout out to young Matt. Obviously, like I said, he's turned into a great young or great person, wonderful man. So well done, young fella or old boy now. I guess we're all getting yeah, on in age, all aren't we? Getting on. <laughs> um, so throughout school, you mentioned like obviously you're going to maybe do a trade, but what were your sort of, you know, your pathway goals, I guess, at that age? Honestly, had no idea. <laughs> sort of just, I was like, oh, I'll find my way through yep. type situation. And, yeah, it was been working at um, Woolies as long as I could remember as a trolley boy, then went around <laughs> and worked my way into the, into the bottle shop. Then, yep. yeah, consistently the whole way through there was playing footy as well. So yeah. always had that group of mates, like even once school finished to, to roll back into. And, yeah, always had that camaraderie and everyone yeah, around there. So Yep. So, yeah, like leaving school, um, what did you do? So it was straight into work at Woolies, was it, for a while? Yeah, so yeah. I, I took a gap year Yeah. and I was just working at Woolies and um, just getting as many hours as I could. Yep, yep. And then through that time, I sort of – I was really fortunate as a 19-year-old played in a senior flag out of Bullum Bullum. Right, um, yep. And played that alongside some of my you know, great mates growing mm-hmm. up. And it was after that and all through those years, I'd been a captain and different things like that. Yeah, wow. Far out. out like – um, different sporting teams and things like that. So yep. I did perceive myself as like a bit of a leader and I'm like, all right, what's next? What can I do now? Yep. What's something that I can go into? And there was an opportunity to go do like a one-year role as a gap year in the army. So that's where my life quickly shifted. So in 2015, um, had left the area completely and mm-hmm. um, went off to the army and I ended up spending three years um, no in the army. So, yeah. Wow. So there you go, mate. Like... um. This is why I was excited about sitting down with someone <laughs> that I literally know very little about. So I'm just learning so much. So I've, I've got a bit of a run sheet here of all the things I want to sort of at least touch on. But, mate, that's that's unbelievable. So you went into the Army. Yeah, so I went as a one-year role because, yeah, didn't really want to commit to anything long-term, like a four-year Rosso or anything like that, or do a trade where I'd have to give back time and it would be 10 years before I know it. Yep. Um, and I'd be at the position I am right now. So <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, swings and roundabouts, really. Like, and, yeah, those closing doors sort of moments and how it all works but yeah for me it was yeah I went to the army wanted to really test myself mm-hmm. see what I could do what I was made of and yeah some of the best experiences of my life what were you just like infantry or so I was a driver so right. I went through all of our basic training and then yeah went on to that um and got a few different truck licenses throughout the way yeah, and wow. I was um went up to Darwin for about four months and then came back and I was at Puckapunyal uh, where the School of Armour is just northern uh, Victoria here. So I kind of had the best of both worlds in a way where I could come back, see family, but then I'd also like be living an army life as mm-hmm. well. So, yeah. Mate, that is unbelievable. 
Mate, hats off to you. Like, yeah, wow, that's awesome, mate. Mm. Absolutely fantastic. What were the? There would have been some significant challenges that would have come with that. I mean, what was it? A bit of like, a bit of excitement, just branching out and going on, seeing a different sort of part of Australia. Or talk to me about that. Was it tough? I think it's it's definitely tough, and it's a challenge. It's something that's completely new. But um, I was the grey man, um, as they'd say, like seen and not heard in right. a way, and it sort of ties into the position I'm in now. It's like always, like I said before, I've been a good listener. Um, just tick the box, get the job done. And mm-hmm. It was sort of like that um, whilst I was in the army. It was sort of, I didn't have to be the loudest voice, but was competent and got through. Yep. Uh, and then I sort of, yeah, some of the challenges that came up for me were I probably didn't really believe in myself in a way. So I was getting put on courses and things like that where obviously the rank and other people could see something in me but I couldn't see it myself. Yep. I was sort of like, oh. like Self-doubt almost. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah, significant self-doubt. It's like, oh. And then I was surrounded by people who'd been in the army four or five years, some courses like five plus. And I was been in the army for two years and I was getting put on like promotional courses and things yeah, like wow. that. So I was like, fuck, like I don't belong here. Like, So it was that sense of like not belonging was a really big one. Bit of imposter syndrome Yeah, as well. Yeah, that's probably a good way to put it because yep. I would look around I'd be like all these people are so worthy to be in this mm, position yep. I've been in the army for a couple of years and mm, nah so well mate clearly obviously people sounded you out and could identify that you had some pretty pretty high qu- good qualities about you and um, they're obviously bang on as well so mate that's that's so impressive mate nah well thanks it's a, yeah it's all part of the journey and I, when I said <laughs> like I lived a few lives that's that's just part of it and yeah it probably got to the point and um it would have been the last year that I was in the army. So the third year I was in, and I'd got put on back-to-back courses in a row, and um, I was put on the promotional course, and I was actually over at yeah, uh, RAF Edinburgh, so not oh, yeah. too far from yep. from where you are. And, yeah, I was on this course, and I felt so out of my depth. And it was the first time where I'd sort of – well, at the time I had absolutely no idea what I was experiencing. Yep. But like a lot of people, when you look back in hindsight, it's like far out. Like I was probably – experiencing a fair bit of anxiety at the time probably experiencing like i would have been able to be diagnosed with depression i'd say um looking back so yeah for me that were some of the more yeah crucial moments uh, yeah. for me there were some yeah tough times and i'd do what i did growing up on the weekends i'd turn to drink and piss and mm-hmm. during the week like i'd gamble just yep. to get through i'd have a rubbish day and i'd be like right what am i going to do it's like but growing up in that sporting environment it's like if I get that feeling of winning, mm. it's like that dopamine here. It's, yep. oh, I'll be all right. So it's it's a really, really strange rabbit hole that you can go down yep. so quickly. Mm. Um, and looking back now, it's like uh, I learnt a lot from it. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, that's a pretty common story, I reckon, for a lot of young lads in mm. Australia. Um, yeah, we have these lots of feelings that we don't understand what they are, like anxiety, possible depression and such. And, yeah, we cope with it by drinking or gambling or chasing that sort of higher. Yeah. Um, I know I certainly went through a pretty significant patch in you know, a few years ago when I was, yeah, every weekend trying to just get, get away from reality. And then you look mm. back on it now and go, fuck, I know what was wrong with me. And yeah. all I needed to do was maybe go see a professional or and get some actual proper coping mechanisms with it um, mm. or for it. So, And that was a really big thing that stood out to me as well. It's... So I'd finished that course, went back to my unit, which was just in northern Victoria up near Pakapanyal. And like I said, I had the best of both worlds. I could finish my work week there, drive back down here to Warrigal, yep. just a couple-hour drive and, yeah, just cut across. And 
sort of like I'd leave that environment and then I'd come back to like loving, supportive. Yep. And I'm not saying the army's not a loving, supportive environment as well. And telling this story, I'm always like really careful too mm. because that's my experience. Yeah, that's correct. not everybody, anybody else's experience as well. So I'm yep. not bagging the army or anything like that or any any military service. It's I loved my time in the army mm. and I learned so much from it. And yeah, I just want to put that across there. It's, yeah, mate. It was my experience, yep. and it's the way I dealt with that as well. But on those drives back where I'd go from Pakapanyul to Warrigal, it's, it was the first time I experienced really like scary thoughts mm-hmm. where there's this one bloody tree on this road and um, I never, ever wanted to die. And this is a really, really big thing. I never wanted to die, but I'd have these fleeting thoughts of how easy it would it be if I was to hit this tree on this sweeping corner. And it's like, fuck out. Like, but like doing a lot of work afterwards and thinking back, it's just, the way that like I word it and what works for me to explain it is this fleeting thought, really quick thought. And doing the work I do now, I think I really like I do emphasize with those who experience those thoughts because in the moment I understand how frightening it is. Mm. Like and I never actually wanted to act on those, but the thought itself was bloody scary. Fucking hell man. That's um yeah, yeah sorry, mate, I've taken you real deep real quick. No, nah, mate, that's <laughs> like, honestly, like I've had a lot of conversations with people throughout this podcast and had a few that have gone really deep and that's one that has. Mm. So, mate, I'm extremely grateful for you sharing that. I really appreciate it. And, yeah, that's – I was always one person that like years ago, like how could people look at that avenue and like want to do mm. that to themselves? But then I've had moments where I've had that fleeting moment where you're like, no, nah, yeah. it'll be that easy. And then you're like, you kind of – I know you wake up almost, you're like, fuck, why do mm. I think of that? And then – you, yeah, you do. You sympathise those people who are going through it because it's mm. that's fucking scary that the that you could sit there and think the only way to make myself feel better and others better is that I'm not here. Mm. Well, that's sad. That's fucking scary. And you should never put someone down for having that feeling because until you're in that moment, you don't understand what it's like. And for me as well, like I was literally driving towards my family. Like, and mm. that's where the analogy is really, and the experience is really bizarre because it's yeah, I was driving towards the people that love care for me the most. But it's still at that time, I was, yeah, just experiencing that dark of a moment, I suppose you could say, where it's like, yep, it would be quite easy not to be here. Yeah. So, and that's why, yeah, doing this now and having conversations like this, it's, yeah, and I've had a number of conversations since where mm. I can use that as an example with mates and be like, yeah, I've been there. Yep. And yeah. Man. Mate, you're lucky the courage just to talk like that because I still struggle to talk about my moments of when I've been in that situation and I'll definitely share them at, at some point, but I'm still learning. Mm. Um, I'm still growing and trying to get to that level. So if I can get to a position where you are, mate, where you're just able to use it as teachings for others, um, it's really special, mate. You should be really proud of yourself. I just mm. want to put that on the table and, and get that out there, mate. Like what, what, um, what do you think got you through sort of that time? those moments not those moments necessarily but like in the months after like did you have any strategies or did you understand that you needed to get help or nah at the time like i, I was i'm always been like a, a very open person yep. as well so i've always had great connections where i could talk to someone or um or like just a friend or a mate or someone would be able to tell it's like oh, gee jack's been a bit off and in both environments so both in the army mates they knew something was up but then also down here um, in the hometown, like there was people knew, like, oh, Jack's been a bit different lately. Like, so it's just, it literally was people just having that chat. But I'm 
very open as well. So quite quick to tell people like what's actually going on. So, um, and that's just something, and I've heard your episode where you talk about values and one of my biggest ones, like trust, respect, honesty, Mm. um, and authenticity as well. So for me, they're, they're some values that have stuck with me the whole way. And it wasn't until I actually looked back and started to do some courses in this field where I was like, all right, that's probably what I was experiencing at that time. Um, but in the months that followed, I probably probably lasted till the end of the year in the army. Then put the discharge in, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, after that came back down here. Sort of just worked for about four months, just as a concreter. Yes, wasn't too bad. I don't think I'd go back and do it again. That's but right. I, I did. Um, yeah, I pumped some concrete at the start yeah. end of Grey last gold. year, and yeah. Um, yeah, it's pretty tough. It's a tough job. Yeah, <laughs> nah, pr- credit to everyone who who does it on the grey gold out there, but. <laughs> For me, it was sort of like I'll do this for four months and then I had like a six-month trip over overseas plan. So yep. from all of that, I practically ran away from most of it. And yep. it was throughout those um, times where I was travelling, I le- like it's so cliche, but I did learn so much about myself. Right. Um, went from being environments where I've been in a sporting team or I've been like around army mates or wherever that is, I've always had that really core group mm-hmm. around me. Yep. Whereas once I was traveling and I did a fair bit of it by myself, um, it was that first time where it's like, all right, let's start to work out who, who the fuck you are. Yeah, we are. So that tra- where did you head off to overseas, mate? Went and visited my brother in Japan yep. for two weeks. And then after that, I uh, spent the best part of about five, five and a half months in Europe. So yeah. And just trekking around. Just trekking around, caught up with some mates along the way, yeah. spent some time with family um, in Ireland. So Yeah, we're okay. Yeah, like just great. had a lot of time to reflect and yeah, throughout the whole time. Like, yep. and it's amazing the connections that you make whilst you're over there or whilst you're doing something different. Mm-hmm. Um, and just stepping outside your comfort zone, it's yeah. like I can do this. Like yep. I can, yeah, put it in front of me and let's do it. Yeah, mate, that um, that comfort zone you talk about, like, because yeah, it's easy to stay where you're comfortable, but um, it could have you could have just kept going down that same path of like those you know, thoughts, feelings, emotions, and such, but. Getting stepping outside, testing yourself, you actually find out a bit of, like you said, mm. learn about yourself, learn what you can actually do or what's actually might be going wrong with you or going on with you, sorry, not wrong. And you can actually understand what's happened to you in the past. And mm. so that's a good good lesson for everyone out there. If you're, if you're struggling, then maybe you might just need to change your environment, do something different for a little bit to learn and grow. Mate, that's awesome. Fuck, man. Like, you've blown me away. Like, like I said, I was, I was excited for this episode. But, mate, you've only halfway in and you've fucking just blown me away, man. Yeah, I thought I've lived some life. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, man, I want to talk a lot about your footy, obviously, because obviously I'm connected well with footy. Yeah. I love it. Um, and I probably think I think people in the city are, I don't think they're as lucky as what we are in mm. the country of or in regional areas about how strong and bonded a footy club is and mm. how important and crucial it is to, you know, to keep people moving forward. So obviously yeah, I did, did a bit of hunting, a bit of stalking, I guess, through, uh, through your Instagram. You've had a bit of success now. Bullen, bullen. Is that right? Yeah. Bull Said bull. that right? So you played there your whole life pretty much? Yeah. Did one pre-season with another club just yep. locally here mm-hmm. in Warrigal. Got to the end and I'm like, if I want to play footy, it's it just doesn't feel right if it's yep. not out of, out of the birds. So yep. went back out there. and Nice. Um, but during that time, like I was very fortunate to play in that 2014 grand final. And between 2014 and 2019, didn't play any footy at all. Right, okay. So well. I had like full five years off. Jeez. So Yeah, right. Um. But always was surrounded by people and very similar to like a footy club environment. Yep. But like you said, like you always have that that you can go back to. Mm. Like you can, 
you go back there and it'll be like, oh, yeah, what have you been up to? Yep. Like, and it's that connection there still. So, yeah, yeah walk straight back into the same club that I left five years earlier. Yeah, mate, that's, um, for you, I'm not sure if you noticed the hat, and I'm wearing it on camera as well, but like Paskerville Footy Club, wearing like that back-to-back premiership hat. Never, mm. I wasn't there at that time at all, but um, like that's a footy club for me. It's like my home. Yeah. And I'm not from there. My dad lives near there, but I've got cousins there, but um, like I had a lot of mental health problems through 2019 and I signed to play at that club and they, they looked after me. They didn't expect mm. me to play or train and they were just like, they were there for me. So similar circumstances like a footy club just is there for you. Yeah, and you see so many people that, like especially in rural towns as well, where there might not be as many as much mental health support as there mm. is in a city, um, like you've alluded to there as well. But it is just that base of people that you can go hang out with, you can speak with, you can yeah hold that space and it's just like, righto. You, you rock up You just yeah. be there It doesn't matter if you're The water boy It doesn't matter if you're A volunteer It doesn't matter what you do If you're mm. playing Ones, twos If you're a junior Coming through It's You're part of the club You're part of the family Yeah it's your little Your little outlet mm. um, Support network Yeah and um, you're there Three days a week yeah. So Spend a bit of time At these clubs So Yeah Yeah you get to know everyone but Like the back of your hand Yep um, Well so obviously you said You had a bit of success So grand final this was this year you won one as well, and then so twenty fourteen, yeah, so twenty fourteen and yeah this year so a couple of flags mate happy with that yeah very fortunate yeah like, yeah well, that's bloody unbelievable mate see if we go again but yeah. how's the body feeling it's actually yeah pretty good Fine. so yeah pre season started has it or were you kicked off a couple of weeks ago or? it did start yeah. but I'm over twenty five so it didn't didn't start for us over twenty five that's right mate we get Chrissy so we get the veteran right. tax mate we get to show up like round one yeah. <laughs> Well, mate, I just, yeah, so obviously a lot of your fit, look after your body, and what I did notice as well with my stalk through Instagram is that you're no stranger to putting up some inspiring efforts. Did you just run, did you run the marathon recently? The Melbourne yeah. marathon? Yeah. Was that? Uh, so I didn't only did the 10K at Not only, Melbourne. mate, I did good. 10K at Melbourne. Mate, don't fucking say only, man. Sorry, don't be self-deprecating, that's an effort. But then I also saw, is a while ago now, back in 2020, you completed a 100-kilometre run. Is that right? Yeah, so that was back in, yeah, it was 2020, um, December 2020, me and a great man from Warrigal, Paul Pratt. Yep. Um, we were both fundraising for Mindful Oz at the time, oh, okay. actually, and the way it came about was we were both relatively fit at the time. He was mm. been running some serious events leading up to that. I think the most he'd, the furthest he'd ran to the time was about 60K. Yep. And we were both fundraising, so he, he said to me, I'm going to run 100Ks on this date, and I said, hey, you're you're batshit like <laughs> good luck with that it's like i've been running a bit but i'm not doing that yeah and then it was probably a couple of weeks later i rang him and said all right if you want to do it let's make it big um he was going to do it anyway so i sort of just tagged along with him yep. um and it sort of kick-started we said and it was just at a local um running track down here the jeff watt said for every lap that we did for every 20 dollars we raised we'd run a lap yeah right okay and we the fundraising got up to about five thousand dollars, and if it got to that mark, we we're going to run two hundred and fifty laps each, yeah, which out. is hundred k's. Far out. So, unreal. Yeah, and it, it hurt. Yeah, <laughs> and that went for that was like ten hours, I think. It was set on your Strava. Yeah, um, it was about. Instagram post. I think it and the Strava goes off the moving time, so all up, I think it was about eleven hours forty five um, on our feet. So, unreal. but the the biggest thing and um, the most remarkable thing out of all of that was. Everybody that was there, mm-hmm. um, everybody that was cheering you on, everyone who donated got behind it um, because Paul um, Paul and I both lost someone at, at a local club mm-hmm. earlier that year 
And Paul had also lost someone through his workplace as well. So, and it was during COVID, so we couldn't do anything. We just, so everyone was right behind the initiative yeah. at that time as well. And now that's sort of snowballed into uh, Mindful Kilometres. So now it's an annual event right? where we've changed it away from Paul and I being idiots and running 100k <laughs> each that we encourage everyone, whether it be a sporting club or a workplace or just a group of friends, to put a team together and together try to run 100 kilometres. That's and, awesome. And that goes, yeah, so that's... We did the third one this year, and um, yeah, it's just a big community event. Just yeah. taken off. Yeah. How many people were involved? Off, off the top of your head, sorry, I'm just throwing questions at you, but how many people were involved in the most recent one this year? The most recent one, I think it was about 350 people involved. Oh, right. And I think we raised about $12,000, so. That's unreal. Yeah, phenomenal, and it's just like everybody is able to be there, and I mean, our, our slogan for it is creating conversations one step at a time. You don't have to run you can walk it's movement it's yep just get there and um walk around do whatever you want so. i love that that is so cool um yeah i think um like that like you said it's not you don't have to run movement just be on your feet but as you said have mm. a conversation while you're doing it and that's it too and it's it's a really big one it's like um for your mental health a lot of people say oh you've just got to go exercise but if you're feeling rubbish and someone tells you to go exercise you can say no way yeah no. see you later mate yeah. but if you were to say it's just movement it's, it's the smallest thing it could be a walk mm. to and from like if you're in a really rough place at the time and you can't even get out of bed it's just all right let's get up let's do this let's yep. have a shower what's next what's the next step we can take let's mm. go for a walk with a mate it's just movement mate. so if we reframe the way we look at it we can help a lot more people yeah a lot of people think oh jeez all these people going for runs like everyone <laughs> like they go to me Geez, you're going for a lot of runs like yeah i'm going really slow I'm just cruising, yeah. and I'm actually just having fun. I'm enjoying it, um, and I come away from it going like, I used to run like because we're footy players. Yeah, you always go hard, so I used to just run, and I'd go flat out as hard as I can, and I'd be sore, burnt out, and hate it. But now I've just gone slow. Yeah, and people are like, geez, what? How do you do it so much? Like, man, it's just you run slow to run fast. I'll go for. A, I'll do two kilometers. I'll stop. I'll just have like taking my surroundings where I am, and then go yeah. again, and then like just moving. Yeah, I, I love that, and. I'm not someone who listens to anything whilst I run as well. Neither, so, neither. and then, like, if my my mind starts to go, yeah, real, quite fast, like, it might be something to do with work or it might be something else that's going on in my life. And when my mind does start, like, ticking over, it's like, that's what I know. Right, got to go move, got to mm-hmm. go run. And running with no music for me or no podcast or anything like that, it's just, it's my way of, I'm not a really good meditator and mm. I'm working on it. Um, but it's my form of mindfulness where I can just go and if my mind is ticking over quite quick whilst I'm out and moving, I think back, all right, let's look for the butterflies. Just look for the butterflies and I'll start looking for a butterfly. I'll start seeing all the insects. I'll start seeing everything start popping up. I can't see any insects. It's like, right, look for the flowers. Mm-hmm. Start looking for the flowers. You start looking around you're taking all your surroundings. It's like you, you start to forget quite quickly that you're actually hurting mm. like on your run and you're like, yeah, let's just keep going, mate. That is awesome. Such a yeah, the meditation thing. Um, I can't, I can't meditate, but I got a really great strategy from. I went and saw a counselor uh, just uh, maybe like three or four weeks ago, and she uh, taught me the sort of the, the different senses of what you can do to sort of bit of meditation, mindfulness mm. stuff, and the, oh, it's like sight, smells, all that. But the yeah. sounds one, the sounds got me. So like, yeah, I went on Christmas Day. I had to go for a run. I was real like on edge, toey. I'd like couldn't sit still i was really anxious and like now i'm gonna go and do a run in between the rain that we've had and then for five minutes i just stopped and where chrissy's 
parents live is like real quiet. There's like no sounds, nothing. So I was just listening to the birds and like just calmed me down massively. Mm. Helped me so much. And that's just finding those things that work for yourself is like something that goes such a long way. Like you said, like um, the different grounding techniques that you can mm. use. Like that's the one. Different. Grounding yeah. techniques. Yeah. What can you see? What can you touch? What can you feel? Yep. What can you smell? All of those. It's like right. Be where you feed her. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mate, this is, this is gold here. So this is a great episode. Um, helping This will help a lot of people, no doubt. So I want to touch on, you've mentioned obviously footy, bullin' uh, bullin', um, and you mentioned the the run you did, like a 100-kilometre run, um, which was based around a loss that you experienced mm. through the footy club. Um, um, who was someone that I didn't know personally, but then obviously knew the person through my partner, Chrissy. Um, I'm assuming the person you're talking about was Tyson. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So Tyson Bale, he um he died in 2020 mm-hmm. by suicide, and for me, he went. He's one of the best country footballers going around, and um, for me, my time when I went to the army tied in with the last time we ever played footy together. Yep. So 2014, um, we won that grand final. 2015, I left. And um, so the last game I ever played with Tice was that grand final. And in the photo, we, we were actually standing side by side. Yeah, I did, like so up I on did the say that, yeah. Yep. Like to me, that I just hold that so dear to my heart because as we all know, when you move away, when you move away from your hometown or you go do something else, like these bonds that you have with someone, like grew up and Tice was one of my best mates. He was a brother to me. Still is. Um, but during those times, we probably drifted apart. He was at a different club and things like that. So... To me, it's just, yeah, and everything I do now, it's, yeah, have the conversations as well as you can because, mm. you know, when the last one might be. So, yeah, from coming off the back of that now, there's so much that we, we do to um, remember Tice. Mm. And um, we've got the Tyson Bale Memorial game that we play each year yep. um, between Bull and Bull and Dusty's. So the two clubs that he played for, um, Dusty's wear number one, which was his senior number, and right. Bullen Bullen wears number 17, which was his junior number. Nice. So it's just touching for us and, yeah, being able to promote and spread that message in another way as mm. well, uh, remembering Tyson and the legacy that, that he left as well. Yeah, it's, um, I guess, it's, it's, it's fun. Yeah, the footy thing is what is, makes it so far-reaching because I reckon the day of or the day after, like my partner was obviously really upset and, and then I was just I love Twitter and I was on Twitter and um, I just woke up the next morning and was on Twitter and the mm. first thing that popped up was like a video of this um, someone had shared saying this lad um, took his own life um, but here's a great well, let's remember him from this great video he was a video of him I think kicking a goal from outside fifty to win it and I, I didn't know this person I'm like this is really yeah. random this has popped up and I'm like Chris is your mate's name Tyson mm. and she's like yeah I'm like fuck I've just by chance just have this video pop up on my Twitter feed of of your mate. It's amazing how footy can just stretch so far and take something like that was, yeah, I don't know. It was really. Yeah, it's a great connector as well, footy, yeah. because like you look now, like Tom Papley's one of the ambassadors here at Mindful Oz and he went to school with Chrissy and, and mm-hmm. Tyson. Yep. Um, I think it was the day after we were sitting at the pub and um, up on the screen pops Paps and Paps is putting a message out on um, Fox Footy to check in on your mates and, mm-hmm. yeah, be there for everyone, so. Yeah, that message is spreading far and wide now. Absolutely. Um, what did um, like? How did that impact yourself and the community in sort of the months after, like significantly, especially in such a tough time as you said, like COVID mm. was a significant um, time to experience something like that. Like, how did you manage your mo- emotions and mental health during that time? At that time, I think I was working 
I'd started working into the, into this field. Started mm-hmm. I was studying mental health at the time, and yep. um, for me, I think it was just a, it was a driving factor as well as to yeah we need to do as much as much as we can to yep. help and support everyone around us. And it ties back into that footy footy club analogy there, where that they're the people you stick um, through fat and fin with, and mm. having them there, having the the greater community, um, probably everybody started leaning in a bit more, having those conversations with those around us because. I know now grief's not a, a finite thing. Um, still think of Tice all the time and mm. um, close with his family, the Bale family, one of the best families going around. So, yeah, you think of families like that um, during this time over Christmas as well. Yeah. Um, I guess so now it just sort of ties in. You've mentioned the, the memorial match and obviously you were doing your work at um, here at Mindful Oz. So I want to talk a fair bit about that. Was like, you already working here at that point? At that point, I wasn't working no, here yet. So I've been doing here. a little bit of stuff with them. Yeah, yep. was fundraising and doing yep. different initiatives like mm-hmm. that. And um, yeah, over the last eighteen months, I've been working here at Mindful right. Oz, and yeah, it's been it's been really rewarding. And yeah, I love being able to have conversations like this and um, deliver different uh, methods of training and mm. facilitate different content to be able to really encourage people just to know, let them know what they are experiencing yep. in a way as well. And it's valid. It's a yeah. it's a normal response to absolute rubbish that you might be going through at the yeah. time. That's exactly yeah, mate. Absolutely. Um, I want to just like so mindful. Of, so I did a bit of just digging. Well, not digging. I researched last night, just a bit of prep work. But I'll read out. Or I'll get you to go in a bit more depth of what mindful Oz does because I definitely want to promote what you guys are doing as much as possible because we need to. Uh, but. The purpose of Mindful Oz is to encourage those in high-risk areas of Australia to put wellness back into their own hands. The success, well, our success, sorry, Mindful Oz's success derives from equipping those individuals with skills, strategies, and techniques to ensure that they are not only get so that they not only get by and cope, but they learn to live and lead healthy, happy, and fulfilling lives. One thing I also want to touch on is the like the impact you guys have, which is listed on your website, is over sixteen hundred people trained in mental health first aid. That's massive, and 192 youth mental first aid train. Well, that's mm. that's that's absolutely massive. We need to support our youth in like that sort of area. So that's amazing impact you guys are having. Conducted over 360 corporate workshops, over a thousand speaking engagement, 68 community events, and 49 school presentations. So like just those numbers alone of like in a rural area, that's massive. Because mm. like a lot of rural, sorry, a lot of rural areas don't even have like one or two of those mm. sort of things. And we're so fortunate here at Mindful Oz to be able to contribute and give back and be able to be in so many different places. And, yeah, we're based here in Druin, but we do work, yeah, all across Australia. Yeah. And that reach is even, yeah, back in your hometown. Mm, it is, yeah. Yeah. Um, DJ Turk. Yeah, old Turk. The old man. But, yeah, even things like that that we can do and um, run different fundraisers across Australia, like getting behind someone like Turk, mm. running 100 kilometres that he did this year is something that's phenomenal for us as well. And you build on those connections and mm. conversations through that. And, yeah, I'm extremely privileged and, and proud to be able to um, put my – or put what I can towards those numbers yep. as well. Um, there was another great thing I read on the website. So, obviously, the founder as Matt – Matt Runnels. Matt Runnels. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll just read this little snippet that's off of the website. So when founder Matt Runnels first started out advocating for mental health and suicide, the first bit of advice he received was never get on a personal level with people that come to you because you'll end up with collateral in this field of work. And then Matt goes on, he described this as a grit the teeth moment and was determined to do the exact opposite. Mm. 
Um, so I've highlighted that because I was just like, okay, that's that's good. Because that, when that first read that quote, I was like, that doesn't sound right. Mm. And then he's so he goes on to say, like, the ability to connect with someone who needs you is the most important part to that wellness. Uh, only from connection can we really make the most beneficial impact possible. Then I highlighted this part as well. The human being is wired for love, belonging, and connection. It's critical that we continue to work with people and communities and build relationships that allow people to feel seen, heard, and understood. So obviously, clearly, what Mindful Oz is doing here is understanding the best way to help people mm. is build connections with them, build relationships, yeah. and get to understand them and know them on that personal level because that's the that's what they want. They want connection. They want love and belonging. So mm. um, that's clearly what you guys are doing. Yeah, and tying into that too, it's like we pride ourselves on being like real, relatable, and authentic. Yeah. Like if we show up having conversations like this, it's going to go a long way to somebody – wanting to engage with us, somebody feeling safe and supported by Mindful Oz mm-hmm. because, well, we get it. Yep. So. It's lived experiences. I, th- I saw that come yeah. across on the website quite a lot. You've got people working here with yeah. lived experiences. Lived experience advocates, yeah. Because it sucks when you might be someone reaching out for help and you go speak to someone that you just can't relate mm. to at all. Um, and so clearly what you guys are doing is, yeah, living here – you live, you've lived it, so mm. why wouldn't someone want to get help from you guys? And again, you mentioned off the podcast, off air, um, now nah, I'm an open book, I'm happy to talk about whatever because you're leading by example in that space. Mm. You're living it um, and people, no wonder they want to come and sit down and have a conversation with you because you do, you make them feel safe because you're going through it as well. So, And that's what, yeah, what we deliver is proactive workshops, proactive mm-hmm. training, so... Um, whether that's mental health first aid as you've touched on or we've got a primary school program that teaches primary school students about their six core emotions yep um, so if you've seen the movie inside out i have yeah yeah yes. very, very similar to that and um as long as kids can have these skills because when i was experiencing some of my times in the army i wish i was able to identify control or express my emotions but i had absolutely no idea what i was, <laughs> what I was experiencing so yeah. yeah if we can help kids if we can help anyone articulate what they're experiencing goes a bloody long way in supporting someone on their journey and i love the yeah the work that's that you do in schools like that's really important really special because a lot of these kids like you said they don't understand their emotions Mm. don't understand how to regulate them they you know they might get angry and have a blow up at you but they're not actually angry at you Mm. they've got other stuff going on so if you're in schools trying to highlight what may actually be going on you you just don't understand the the impact that's going to have on those kids Mm. It was such a positive outcome for them. Yeah, and it's just it's one of those things. Like, it's anger is perceived as a negative emotion, but it's one of our core emotions. It's meant to be experienced, but if we hold on to it, it becomes aggression. Mm. That's when it's harmful to mm-hmm. ourselves and all of those around us as well. Yeah, my um, I was actually well at work because I work. I'm lucky enough to work in a school, in a sports school, with Year 11s and 12s. Um, and when I first started working there, obviously teenage kids can be pretty pretty troubling to deal with, and I would um. You know, not I would just like snap at them sometimes when they would, you know, act up or misbehave. But then this year I've really started to learn like, well, yeah, they're, they're angry. They're, you know, having a crack at you, but they're not angry at you or mm. angry at me, sorry. It's because probably because they haven't had breakfast this morning. Mm. They haven't had a good night's sleep or, yeah. you know, they've got other stuff going on in the background that um, they just don't know how to address it or deal with it. Um, so that's why they're acting up like this. So, yeah, it's sitting in that, <clears throat> in that empathy. It's like, what is the worst possible thing that could be happening to this person right now? Yep. And um, Ben Crow, someone that I like, I love listening to. I don't know if you're familiar with Ben Crow, but I've heard him on. I think the uh, Straight Talk podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, he 
he talks about radical empathy yep. and it's exactly that. It's what is the worst possible thing that this person could be experiencing right now. And if you look at people with that lens, the world's going to look a lot better. Yeah, we are. Yeah. That's a great little mechanism, I guess, when someone's, mm. you know, make it, you know, maybe getting on your nerves a little bit. Yeah, think of that. wonder what's going on for them. It's like it can be mm. something – I think my partner Chrissy gave me a good example of that the other day. Like, oh, I get really frustrated driving. This is a real, mm. you know, small example, but – um, someone's driving real slow And you're getting I'm getting real pissed off And she's like Well hang on Let's think about Who that person could be What they might be going through And it could be an elderly person mm. Really terrified about Being on the road right now So they've taken it easy I'm like Oh shit That's a really good way To look at it Because mm. yeah You've you got to really try And put yourself In someone else's shoes And what they are going through So then you can actually Formulate a proper response To that Yeah yeah. I listened to um, Nick Curios The other day On the Jay Shetty one Yep And um, it was the best piece Of advice That he could give to someone mm-hmm. It was similar to um, don't judge me until you spend a whole day in my shoes. Mm-hmm. It's like if you were able to do that, then you have the right to give me shit. Yeah. But if you can't do that, shut up. <laughs> that's a that's a bloody good good point because he like he would go on social media and there's like okay, someone's just abusing like hundreds of mm. people just abusing you for no reason. Yeah. Just for existing. Yeah. Like imagine dealing with that every day. Yeah, no thanks. Oh, nah, I'll get a couple of people give me some bad reviews. I'm like, you bastards. <laughs> <laughs> I want to sort of touch on as well, obviously you, you pointed out the Guernsey in the back there, mm. which was from the first Tyson Bale Memorial game. Um, you set up, well, there's a fund set up. I found mm. that on the website as well. So the Tyson Bale Memorial Fund, can you talk to me a bit about that? Yeah, so the Tyson Bale Memorial Fund, um, so all the fundraisers that we do mm-hmm. that are um, based around sporting events and different I suppose activities around based around movement and sport that all goes into the Tyson Bale Memorial Fund and that helps us to subsidize the cost of um, the programs and workshops that we run within sporting clubs themselves. Right, okay. So it just makes it a lot more accessible, easy. That's awesome. For yeah, for more people to be able to access this. Right. Um, yep. and to be able to have learn to have the conversations and um, establish a way that within the club they can have these conversations yep. as well. Yeah, because that's uh, we always say to footy clubs, hey, you know, you got to do more for your community of people out. It's like, yeah, we don't really have the money to do that. Mm. It's not like not everyone can just go and actively, you know, put themselves through courses or whatever or have workshops. So that's awesome. Yeah, it goes a long way. And the more we can do that to build Tyson's legacy as well. And yep, it's just, yeah, it continues and just keeps that, like, like, keeps his memory alive, basically, Mm. doesn't it? It Um, does. What are some, like I said, I want to do a bit to sort of promote. Not necessarily promote, but just get the word out there about what, what you guys do. But for those that are maybe, you know, long distance, far away, like so for myself in South Australia, like what are some ways that people far away that might listen to this in my area, how can they help Mindful Oz? Because there's going to be a lot of people that relate to it heavily, mm. significantly, and like would love to help. So how could they help Mindful Oz? Mm. What are some ways? Well, the way that like they can help us, but we can also help as well. Mm. Is some of these like mental health first aid trainings that you, we've spoken about, it's like they're available online. Oh wow! Um, so things like that, we can jump on. We can help out and support. More than happy to get on a plane and come over and yeah, things like that. Yep. We spoke about Daniel Turkey's from Corn, mm. um, and he ran a fundraiser last year for us, and yeah, just little things like that it goes a bloody long way. Yeah, I um, mean, allowing us to con- to continue to do what we do, not only here rurally in Victoria, but yeah, throughout Australia. So, advocate, tag us, do whatever you can, yep. and help spread the word because yeah, it goes a long way. Well, that's the thing; it does go a long way. If you look back at those numbers I read out just before, with like the number of people trained, mm. the events you've been able to run, uh, the speaking engagements, the school presentations. 
So I'm assuming, like, I want to highlight the 49 school presentations mm. in those schools. How many kids are you seeing, like, just off the top of your head in each school? A school itself, like, we'll go work with a school from prep to grade six. Yep. Um, but some of those will be, like, different, like, year 11, 12 cohorts and things yep. like that. So, yeah, big schools. So the help that we could do uh, from long distance, that helps, you know, thousands of kids, yep. potentially. So that's, that's a huge win. What about if someone, like, hey, I don't want to, or I can't help, Mindful Oz, but what's something that I could do personally in my community, um, maybe my footy club, sporting club or workplace that I could do to try and promote a better like mental health sort of environment? Mm. Start the conversation. Yep. That's the biggest one. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, Lots of footy clubs now, they're starting to go down the route where they've got like a wellbeing coordinator or someone along those lines. Mm-hmm. The more people like that we can have implemented in these clubs, just a, a person that can be trusted is that safe person that someone can go to. Might not be that person individually goes to them, but it might just be someone saying, oh, like, um, such and such hasn't been at training the last couple of days. I'm not too sure. I haven't really heard from him. Mm-hmm. So just small things like that go a long way into then the club could reach out or someone could reach out. Just being there for your mates and, yep. yeah, it goes a bloody long way. Beautiful. That's I'm pretty sure everyone can do that. Like, yeah, you can have the specific person appointed to that role. But, yeah, like I said, everyone can in that well-being space can't mm-hmm. they just checking in on someone starting the conversation mate it's absolutely fantastic what you do like I know I've said a couple of times already but you should be really proud of yourself because um, like how, how old are you You're similar age to me or 20, I'm 28 28 oh, yeah. you've got a couple of years. I'm, I'm 30 mate so sorry to paint you with that same <laughs> brush set um, close to 30 not far <laughs> off but um, like it's so good to see like young people you know trying to lead in this space and make change because you know, we've got that older generation that mm. go, oh, these kids these days are a bit soft. It's like, we're not soft. We just we just care about each other. Um, and I guess that older generation probably would have loved to have someone caring about them a bit more. So mm. it's, it's awesome to see people like yourself, um, and Turk, back home in SA, just trying to yeah, get the word out there and break down that stigma of, you know, not everyone's fucking going well. Mm. Like, it's probably more, there's more people out there going bad than there are good. So Definitely. And I'll... When I like left the army, and you said this earlier, but like I had a purpose statement where it was I wanted to help others be the best version of themselves, and then lived that for like years, and it's practically got to me to where I am today. Mm-hmm. But over the last sort of eighteen months, I had this period where I was like, "Far out!" Like I'm doing all of this, um, <clears throat> and I'm so grateful to be doing it. But I'm like, "Why am I feeling like a bit burnt out? Why am I mm-hmm. feeling a bit, bit down, bit, bit done?" And then I um, was speaking to a counsellor at the time and they just said, Jack, read your purpose statement again. Read it back to them. And they're like, where in that is you? And I'm like, Mm. ah, damn it. Tell people this all the time, but literally what was driving me didn't actually incorporate what I wanted to do because I was burning myself out. So I've changed it now. It's like I want to be the best version of myself and in doing so I can help others be the same. So That's good. Adding another sentence onto it goes a bloody long way. That is very good. So, And I've listened to your episode that you did about values as well. Yep. So finding those values, finding a purpose statement or finding mm. what you want to achieve sets the wheels in motion to be able to, to follow through with it. Mate, that's absolutely amazing. I love that. That is beautiful. Um, what are your – I want to know – actually, Turk wants to know as well. What are your goals for 2024? Because obviously we're at the end of the year now in 2023. What's, what's something you – um, want to achieve or working towards in 2024 for yourself and obviously you work here at Mindful Oz. Yeah, so personally, I work best when I have a uh, turnaround and I can do some silly things on tight turnarounds <laughs> as well. 
Um, like that marathon we just done, it was about five weeks, and I don't recommend yeah, anyone trying to do that. Yeah, we are. No. Um, but now, before footy season goes back, I want to run a PB in the half marathon. Yeah, we so are. So that'll be sub 135 if I can get that. Jesus. Um, and I haven't really been training for that, but I feel if I can achieve that, I can also achieve the other goal, which is sub um, under under 20 minute 5K would be nice. Before, out. That before, is flying. Before footy season comes <laughs> back. So I've got about three, four months. Mate, that's quick. Yeah. That's fast. Oh, we'll get there. That's all right, mate. You can, you can achieve anything you set your mind that's to, as it. they say. And then, yeah, work-wise throughout this year, I just want to see Mindful Oz continue to change as many lives as we can. And, yeah, it starts with conversations like this and it starts with all of us to start implementing these things that can really – push ourselves up that positive end yep. of the mental health continuum and we can go a long way supporting oneself, supporting others. Mate, love that. Fantastic. So, mate, we've covered off everything I wanted to sort of chat to you about. I know there's much more we could we could go into, but you've got a busy schedule ahead of you. So um, thank you so much for sharing everything you have. Really appreciate it. There's going to be, you know, whoever listens to this, might be one person you might have helped, which that's a huge plus. I know you've already helped me a little bit because of the stuff you've said is absolute gold. Um and just the vulnerability you've shown, it's yeah, it's very special, mate. So thank you so much for, for giving up your time, but then again, being so open. I really appreciate it, mate. Um, before we move into, we finish off with just some lighter little questions just to get to know a bit more about you. Is there anything else you just want to say before we do wrap up, mate? No, nah, just pretty much what you've just said straight back at you. Like um, being able to create an environment like this where you can have a conversation like this and yeah, like you said, you don't know who it might help, um, who is listening and... Yeah, thank you for creating that as well. Mate, oh, geez. Nah, my pleasure, mate. Well, look, we call it the questions without notice, but yep. I'm still trying to think of another name for it <laughs> because there's obviously plenty of notice if everyone's listened to the show. So uh, new name pending in 2024. Um, well, I, I haven't heard this, so these questions. Oh, really? Oh, unreal. Perfect. Here we go. Well, mate, are you a coffee drinker? Yes. What's your coffee order? Just a large cap. I'm quite bland like that. It was, it was caramel latte. Ooh, yeah. It was a bit too sweet, yeah. so went back to just... Cap, As you get cap. older, you grow out of the sweetness and you like it. Yeah, mate, I love that. That's large perfect, cap, mate. no sugar. Beautiful, mate. Love that. Full cream milk. Um, oh, you're the full cream guy. Yeah, full mate, cream. Yeah, right. Wish I could still do that. <laughs> once, once you tick over thirty, you got to start changing your diet. Yeah. Um, mate, what's your favourite movie of all time? Oh, one that just comes to mind. I was thinking about it the other day um, that I could just sit there and, and watch again. Mm. The longest Yard. Oh, it's not bad. He's good. Yeah, quite a quotable movie as well. That so. is a great movie. Yeah. I reckon I watched that not too long ago. Love that one. Yeah, I don't mind it. That's fantastic, mate. Um, does a straw have one hole or two? Oh, good question. <laughs> I'll say two. Go on two? Two, yeah. Fair enough, mate. That's your answer. Yeah. You stick with it. Um, I won't sleep tonight now. Yeah, I know. You'll be up all <laughs> night. Uh, what's something that is on your bucket list? Uh, like you said, you've already done a lot and lived a few lives, so is there anything else left to tick off? Yeah, Everest Base Camp. No way. Yeah, it's not. I don't know when, but I'll do it. Fuck. Well, it's on record now, mate. Yeah. So you've got to stick gonna, to it. It's going to be done. Mate, yeah. that is unbelievable. It's got to be done. Just interest, keen to do it? Just that big yeah, challenge? Yeah, just, just keen to do it. I think it's just something you just want to tick off. Yeah, right. Like get out of the comfort zone. That's well and truly out yeah. of the comfort zone. I That's unbelievable. Yeah, that one's. I've thought about it a little bit. That's why it was so quick. But yeah, Everest Base Camp. Yeah, you were quick on I'll that. Do, I'll do it. That's really on top of your mind, isn't it? Yeah, I went for a run with someone yesterday and I said <laughs> I want to do it. <laughs> Mate, that is awesome. Well, man, I wish you all the best in that. And if you tick that off, that is huge. Yeah, maybe that's a sub 30 one for me. So <laughs> we've got 18 months. <laughs> Far out. 
Yeah, it's a tight turnaround. Yeah. <laughs> oh, mate. Um, Start saving. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can't believe that. That's huge. Well, mate, all the best if you can, yeah. I'm going to shout you out massively once you achieve that, mate. You will do it. You will do that, I reckon. You absolutely will. Um, you're, Well, you, you said you don't listen to music on your runs or anything, but are you a music fan? Yeah, I yeah. do. Yeah. What's your favourite album of all time? Oh, favourite of all time. That's a pretty hard question to answer, isn't it? Mm. Just trying to think of actual albums that I've listened to the or whole just, thing. All right, then, yeah, because that's – yeah, not many people listen to albums in like the, the thing. That thing. I, what I have been listening to probably the most this year and what my Spotify wrapped was um, – came up with was a lot of Zach Bryan this year. Yeah, right. Yeah, nice, slow. Now I'm sort of starting to cruise into a bit more country territory. Yep. Yeah, I just like any lyrics that you can actually listen to yeah. and resonate with. Yep. Yeah. Mate, that's a beautiful response. We'll stick with that one. That's fantastic. Yeah, let's do that. Um, right, here's a good one. This is the one to sort of figure out, or a couple of questions to figure out your way of thinking compared to others. Um, if you've got a to-do list, so you've got a list of chores you need to get done today, and say you, you've completed one, are you ticking that off or are you crossing that off? Yeah, ticker. You're a ticker? Ticker, yeah. Beautiful. You need to be able to see what you've done. I feel like I've, if I tick it off, um, yeah, I'm a ticker, and I feel like I've achieved that. I've done yeah. that. Yeah, tick the box. It's like a positive, like yeah. Yep. No, nah, I love that. Um, now this is this one gets a few people. Now I've got to word this properly. I always get caught up on this, but let me. Right. So say we've got a meeting at one o'clock. Yeah. And I send you an email or a message, and I go, Jack, we've got to move this meeting forward an hour. Is the meeting now at two o'clock or is it at twelve o'clock? Twelve. If You're it's at twelve forward. Yeah. 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 Yep. If we've got to push it, it's later. So you're going on the terminology is different, like if you're pushing it or moving it? Yeah. See, I'm going, if someone says to me, we've got to move this forward an hour, I'm going, all right, we're moving it forward to two o'clock. That's me. That's me. But you realistically, you should be moving it forward in time, which would be 12, wouldn't it? I'm sticking with 12. Yeah, no, that's yeah. fine, mate. It's just, it's, an, it's an interesting... Everyone's answers are different. It's yeah, I'm going to get, get an email. It's going to be like, fire up. When is this? <laughs> when, and you'll be anxious yeah. all day like, when's this actually? <laughs> when are we doing this meeting? Um... I want to ask one last footy one for you. Are your socks up or socks down? Socks down because they're just like the socks are quite small now as well. Yep. But um, yeah, my calves are too big. <laughs> socks wouldn't pull <laughs> up that. <laughs> that's not a bad problem to have, mate. <laughs> yeah, that's not bad. Um, well, mate, that's fantastic. I love all those responses. They're absolutely wonderful. We've got the last question now, mate. Um, I feel like you'd have something good for this one. No pressure now, though. Sorry, but um, Shit. what is one piece of advice that you wish that you could give to your younger self? Mm. They who say they can and they who say they can't are both usually right. Fuck, that is good. Mm. I had to think about that for a second. That is good. Yeah, I'm quite happy with that one. That's, that's the one that got me through that 100K. Yeah, so right. I can. Because if you think you can, that's that positive mindset, you will do it. And if you think you can't, it's that negative one and you won't do it. You won't do it. You're like, can't be stuffed. No, it's too hard. Mate, that is, that's a really good one. That is really bloody good. Thank you for that, mate. All right. That's going to look good on the quote graphic. <laughs> um, well, look, mate, we've come to the end. Really grateful for your time. What's on for the rest of your week, mate? Rest of the week. So I've got family down. So work yep. tomorrow, uh, then Friday off, spend that with the fam. So it'll be good. There'll be about seven kids down here running around. Beautiful. So all, all aunts and uncles are all hands on deck. Trying, Lovely. Trying to keep them out of trouble. Fair enough, mate. And much on for New Year's. That's coming up next, what, Monday? Sunday? I've got to check my calendar. I don't even know what day it is. Yeah, quiet so, one. <laughs> quiet one for New Year's. Yep. And then go to New Zealand. Start of next year. So a couple of weeks there and then yep. back into the thicker thin things next year. Mate, that is absolutely awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for your time, Jack, bringing me into your workspace. Um, I know you're busy. If 
you had to move a few things around for me, but I'm really grateful that we're able to get this done. First ever interstate podcast for me, and I'm glad we did it in person, not over Zoom. So, mate, I'm really grateful for your time. Thank you so much, mate. Tick the box. Tick the box, mate. Well done. I will finish this one off for our listeners. So, look, guys, thank you all so much for your support. Um, Obviously, if you can, if you're not already, follow the show on Instagram. Um, Be sure to give the show a rating and follow it on Spotify so you never miss an episode. And as I've always said, like feel free to reach out and have a chat. Like my DMs are always open for a yarn. I'm happy to have a conversation with anyone. And look, I hope you enjoyed the last episode of 2023. Be sure to share this one with your loved ones. I really, I really want to ask that of you guys because it's clearly it's an important episode, one that I was really keen to do, and it's turned out to be a fantastic conversation. So please share this one around to get word out there about the work that Jack and everyone here at Mindfloss is doing. There's been some great. Um, nuggets of gold throughout the episode so please please ask if you do one thing for me this year it's just share this episode around please also give mindfulness a follow on instagram and the socials and like if you can something that's really important obviously to to jack and everyone in the community here if you can provide a donation to the tyson bale memorial fund like that could help continue to build on the legacy that tyson's left behind and as we've said in this episode, it'll help keep his memory alive for, for eternity. So, But seriously, everyone, thank you so much for your support in 2023. You've helped me grow so much and also allowed me to heal so much as well. I'm improving in areas I was really struggling, struggling in for a very long time. And you've all played a role in that journey. So I'm really fucking excited for what's to come and really hoping to go to the next level. Have a great New Year's. Check in on your loved ones and mates. Have fun, but most importantly, be safe. And I'll catch you in 2024.